Thanks for joining us on Sheridan County Ag Update. Today we have with us Megan Kent, who is the Sheridan Community Land Trust Conservation Director, and Brad Bauer, who is the Sheridan Community Land Trust Executive Director. Guys, thanks for joining us today. Yeah, thanks for, thank for having us. You yeah. bet. So let's just dive in here. I think the first thing, I know you guys are on Public Pulse. Yes. Um, so I know that you're getting some information out there, but, you know, podcasting, you get to have a whole different audience. Right, right. So what is Sheridan Community Land Trust? Let's start with that. Sheridan Community Land Trust, we were formed in 2006, actually off the heels of a, a community needs assessment. So that assessment uh, discussed and identified that there was an interest in the community to have organizations or, or an organization support uh, conservation, open space, working lands, wildlife mm -hmm. habitat. Uh, and Clean Waters, an organization that works on access to recreation and an organization that preserves our unique history. So those three things became our mission. Okay. So we rolled all that up together, and, and sometimes those three things work really well together, and we can have a project that can touch on all three of those mm -hmm. uh, areas of the organization. Sometimes uh, we'll have a project that's maybe more focused in one of those three areas. Um, at this point... Uh, yeah, so we've been moving along since 2006, and we have a team of, of staff. Uh, mm -hmm. We're a small business now, really, essentially, in okay. town. So there's a, a program manager in each of those three areas. So we have somebody like Megan, mm -hmm. who focuses on their conservation work. Mm -hmm. uh, we have somebody focusing on history, somebody focusing on, on, on uh, recreation, mm -hmm. and then a handful of, of community or staff members that are kind of across the whole organization, keeping us going in the right direction. We do have a community board. I think there's okay. 13 community members right now. Wow. Um, handful of uh, ranchers, handful of bankers, a handful of small business owners, mm -hmm. and a lot of just interested community members that uh, give to the organization, give their time. Mm -hmm. A lot, a lot of volunteers help us do all of our work, whether it's working on a histor historic building or uh, working on wildlife-friendly fencing or, or modifying a trail system that we might have. So we really lean on our community uh, to help us out as volunteers, and it's been amazing to see the response over the years of how much the community gives, both in time, but then also like fundraising. Mm -hmm. So as in any nonprofit, we, uh, uh, we raise our, a lot of our money through our community. Um, community members, community foundations are primarily the backbone of, our, of the funding of the operation. Um, right, right now we're in the middle of our year-end campaign. Mm -hmm. Many nonprofits have a year-end campaign. And uh, it's just been really exciting to see over the years how much uh, support we've gotten from the community and from community members. And it's been particularly interesting to see how people that support us maybe will come to us because they're interested in you know, history. Mm -hmm. But as they get to know the organization and spend some time with the organization, get our information, they come to volunteer thing, come mm -hmm. to our events, they might suddenly start coming to wildlife projects or ag projects, or they might come to the recreation projects. So, you know, Sheridan is, is a wonderful community of supporting fundraisers and, and something that they're passionate about. And I think that there's probably a lot of people who are passionate about keeping the open spaces, the historical yeah. Um, you know, coming from an ag background, obviously the conservation of the land. I mean, they don't make any more land. Yep. It, it, we, we got what we got. So um, it's a very delicate balance, I'm sure, too, to keep that 
It is. We're all we're all in it together, right? Mm-hmm. Well, Sheridan has seen some growth. Cowboy State Bank, helping farmers, ranchers, and the ag community succeed for over 100 years. Well, let's talk about what is a conservation easement. What it, This is kind of uh, something that you guys are pushing into, kind of not really pushing, but helping the <laughs> farmers and the ranchers in our area to really know what it's about. So let's talk about what that is. Yeah, so a conservation easement, it's one of the services that we offer. Um, what a conservation easement is, is it's a tool for landowners essentially to be rewarded for what you're already doing. You know, every decision that you make on your land, it's affecting your downstream users, right? Whether it's providing food or what you're doing in terms of your your pasture rotation, anything like that, mm-hmm. it's having these effects primarily good that you might not be getting recognized for. Mm-hmm. So what a conservation easement does is it recognizes that and allows you a, an opportunity. It's a voluntary agreement you can enter into um, that what it does it is it restricts the future development of your property. So all the day-to-day decisions, those stay with you. You can mm-hmm. continue everything essentially the way you're doing it, but your property won't be subdivided in the future. Mm-hmm. I guess your coat just decided right. to that's fine. <laughs> Time for it to go on the ground. Yeah. yeah. So what is what are some of the, I guess, misconceptions that maybe landowners might have about about an easement i mean you hear the word easement and you're like oh gosh here we go you know you you hear that from power lines and all those sorts of things so what are maybe some of the misconceptions that you guys have run into with some of the landowners it doesn't the conservation easements that we we generally draft don't require public access i think i run into that quite a bit especially because part of our organization does work in public access Mm -hmm. so it's an easy uh misunderstanding that Mm -hmm. our conservation easements would would seek for that as well most of the so we hold 14 conservation easements with 14 different community families okay and there's two of those three of those conservation easements that have public access on them Mm -hmm. the vast majority of our conservation easements don't have public access you get to make that decision as a landowner day to day Mm -hmm. if you want to have public on your property or not and even those three that do have public access it wasn't the access wasn't granted through the conservation easement. It was granted through a separate agreement that the okay. landowners decided to do uh, at a separate date to mm-hmm. provide that community access on their property. The conservation easements aren't for the rich. They're, mm-hmm. not, they're not for the family ranches that aren't maybe doing as well. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, as Megan saying, it's for uh, those families that are um, already fantastic stewards of the property, already mm-hmm. doing everything they can to maintain that property as, as, as great working lands. Mm-hmm. Um, but it is, uh, I lost my train of thought there. <laughs> <laughs> um, I forget where I was going with that now. Uh. Well, you know, we, um, I live out on Big Goose, and that's where our place has been. Um, it was my grandfather's and my dad's and now mine after they've passed. And... Um, We've seen so much development out there, and truly at this point, we are one of the few that still have a large piece of land out there that's still intact as one. And unfortunately, the development out there for us affects us in a lot of ways. I know everybody wants to have the pretty and the wildlife and everything, but you know, as people who still are raising cattle, raising hay, it, it is somewhat of a 
Frustration. Quality Kubota machinery and customer care from the heart. Proudly serving Sheridan and the surrounding areas since 1996. Go online to heartlandkubota.com or stop by Heartland Kubota 2450 Heartland Drive. Growing up here and everything, and when you drive by and you see a new subdivision going up in what used to be a hay field, you're like, oh man, that was such a great hay field. Now where are we going to buy hay from? Right. <laughs> you know, it's it's frustrating, but I also love that people love our community so much they want to come and move here. You know, so it is, it's a very much double-edged sword. Agreed. Yeah. So the, um, some of the notes here that you provided, you know, you were also talking about the clean water, open space, the wildlife habitat, you know, and that all, let's kind of talk a little bit about that. You know, the wildlife fencing, those sorts of things. What, um, is there, can landowners get help with that through your organization or, Okay. Yes. Yeah, so in addition to conservation easements, we also work with wildlife friendly fencing. Um, I think in the last two years, we've removed close to five miles of unnecessary fence from the landscape. Mm-hmm. So these are fences that they're no longer needed for the production. You know, mm-hmm. they're maybe 20 to 50 years old mm-hmm. and they're still on the landscape because who has the time to go and remove them? Mm-hmm. And these are posing an obstacle for the wildlife passing through. So we, with volunteers, have gone out and we've removed it from the landscape with different landowners. Um, in addition, this last summer, we started doing our first modification projects. Mm-hmm. So these are where the fences are still needed, but we changed a five-strand fence to a four-strand fence and allowed more, uh, more space on the top and bottom for wildlife to pass through, which makes it work for both. Mm-hmm. Um, and we also, I mean, we're hopeful that less wildlife are getting tangled up in the fence it should mean less fence repairs as well yeah that's the one thing every spring it's like well i guess we're just going to pick a weekend and you're going to go fix fence (laughs) so why um one of the things that we talked about is why does the private land conservation matter what what is it about it that's really important so many things um it's a loaded question (laughs) (laughs) um I think so for me, I came to Sheridan with a soil background, so I tend to think about that first. Um, and one of, the, one of the things that stuck with me the most is how long it takes to build organic matter in soil. Mm-hmm. Um, I know looking at, you know, talking to NRCS or anyone recently, it's really we talk about soil health and how important it is in building organic matter. Mm-hmm. What we're finding is it takes about a decade or more to build just 1% in your soil. Um, and so if it's taking you a whole decade of commitment to improving your land, and that can be destroyed really quickly by, mm-hmm. right, that land going out of production or a house mm-hmm. in the wrong spot, whatever it is, um, I see that as very important, not only for maintaining that open space, but for having good land that can provide us with food. Mm-hmm. I mean, Big Goose Creek runs right through our property, and that actually used to be my dad's old horse pasture was where the <laughs> creek ran through, but... Um, we laugh about it now because we have probably 20, 30 ducks that come in every winter and hang around at our house. They waddle up and they eat behind the calves. They clean up all the corn and everything and they hang out and then spring comes and they're gone and we don't see them again until the next winter. And, you know, we used to have Canadian geese that would come and nest here. And, and it was always fun to kind of see that. I mean, I'm not a bird person, but those ducks are sure cute. (laughs) Making plans for building a new barn, shop or commercial building? Don't do any planning without a call to Sheridan's premier post-frame building and homes builder, True Built Builders, online at truebuiltbuilders.com. 
Well, I even think back to when I was a kid, we used to have, um, we used to always have elk that would come down on us every winter. And, and they didn't necessarily come down and eat the hay, but I mean, they were kind of up in our hill pasture. Well, again, many more subdivisions and many more homes have been built out there. Now the elk don't, we don't see them anymore. They don't come down that far to our house. And in, as a kid, I just took that for granted because, oh, well, they're the elk. And sure. I was just yeah. kind of, oh, okay. Yeah. You know, now it's like, oh, I kind of miss seeing them. Mm-hmm. So you talked about that ranchers and, and farmers are kind of just already stewards of the land um, and that they, they kind of already do a natural conservation anyways. With their rotational grazing, I don't think, you know, people don't think about it, but the cloven hoof animal, that's, that's good for the land sure. when they break it up. And so that's part of what you're talking about with your soil conservation as well, I'm sure. But that's crazy that it takes a decade for that. I had yeah. no idea. <laughs> I even had ag classes and I had no clue about that. Yeah, that's, the, the, the soil, Megan knows way more about it than I ever will, but that's, the, that's your bank. Well, you know, this year was such a crazy year with moisture. I mean, we had a couple of reservoirs at our house that haven't been filled in a couple of years that were full and it was Great. I mean, it was great to see that. Yeah. Um, but now, Remember two years ago, though, right? <laughs> exactly. Where you were like, oh, I mean, you could walk across Big Goose Creek and not get your shoes wet. You know, yeah. So don't ever take it for granted, for sure. Um. So you were kind of talking about. Let's talk about a little bit about the easements that that um the public can have access sure. to. You talked about a couple of the places. So I think that there's a couple of trails that get used quite a bit by people. Uh, yeah. Around town. You want to cover it? yeah um so like brad mentioned there are three different easements that the public has some form of access to Mm -hmm. um one of those that's probably the easiest to access is just the north gateway conservation easement that is malcolm walt park Mm -hmm. um so when you have that figure eight loop on the park when you're on the what direction would you call that? Like southeast? I always think of it as the lower because it's the farthest away from the interstate. Closer to the creek. Yeah, okay. closer to the creek. Um, basically, once you're on the edge of that, if you step a little bit farther towards the creek, you step onto a conservation easement um, that we hold, and then the city owns the land, or actually holds the land. Mm-hmm. Um, and that one is great because, I mean, it's city property, right? Mm-hmm. You can wander all over it. We have the green room trail that you can use and you can get down by the creek and it'll bring you back out and it'll bring you across pathway. Um, you can also wander along in the trees or you can walk in the creek, you can walk into there's a nice grass field. Um, you can really experience the whole conservation easement. The other two that you can experience is along our Soldier Ridge Trail system. And with that one, so that's a, a separate agreement from the conservation easement is a trail agreement Mm-hmm. So with that one, you you can't leave the trail, right? They mm-hmm. these are still private operations. They're mm-hmm. active ag. They don't want you wandering off and disrupting mm-hmm. things. But from the trail, you can walk through. And um, I had a friend visiting recently. And it was really fun to send them through there. And I mean, you're just going through a pasture and you're seeing cows and you're seeing hay, and it's mm-hmm. a cool experience. Yeah, I like that that trail to see a conservation easement because it is still very much working. Or you cross two working ranches. I know I've seen on Facebook a few times, especially during calving season, that hey, the trails closed today. They, yeah. You know, we're we're calving, or or please make sure your dogs are leashed, or things like that. And so, 
probably from a ranching perspective, I think that those are probably one of the things that it's like, well, I don't want my, I don't want my calves disturbed. You know, are you going to, how do you ensure people keep their dogs from running off and those sorts of things? Um, Because we have that issue anyways with neighbor's dogs running through and it's like, okay, here we go. We got to go educate the new people on, please keep your dog at home. (laughs) I encourage anybody who wants to see what a conservation easement is to walk on that Soldier Ridge Trail and just see it. Mm-hmm. See what the land looks like without mm-hmm. a conservation easement. It's right there. So. You know, my dad, um, back in the, the late 90s, early 2000s, um, my grandparents passed away. And, of course, inheritance tax was such a huge issue back then. And we had 700 acres that laid up at the foot of the mountains um, by the Holy Cow Ranch. And uh, my dad actually worked, and I'm not sure he who it was who he worked with, but actually put that into a conservation oh. easement to ensure that that would stay agriculture land. And um, it's really interesting, and I didn't know that till then that that easement went with if the land sold, it went with the new landowner. Yeah. It wasn't like it mm-hmm. it just went away. So yeah, and there's a variety of ways that people might decide to do a conservation easement. You know, there's all sorts of your own personal reflections. Is it the legacy of the land I'm leaving? Mm-hmm. You know, multi-generations on this property. I want to ensure it stays as that mm-hmm. open space forever. Or maybe you're, you're uh, newer to the property and your um, land's expensive, right? Mm-hmm. So maybe uh, you want to ensure that your the next generation can take that property by lessening that debt load on that property. When we talk about donating conservation easement, I think a lot of people have in their mind, you know, they can walk into our office and they can say, I'd like to donate a conservation easement. And we'll say, great. And then we'll write out that agreement. And there it is. Mm-hmm. Um, but unfortunately, there are a lot of costs associated for a landowner who wants to donate an easement to us. And the reason for that is essentially to ensure that what they want protected and what we can protect line up. Um, and that it's not an abuse because we talk about that tax deduction, right? We want to make sure that it's not, I don't know, a giant uh, parking lot, mm-hmm. right? Something that doesn't have conservation value. There's a lot of work that goes in to make sure that it is definitely for conservation. So what this revolving fund allows us to do is, thank you, thanks to some very generous local donors, they have donated the upfront cost where we can cover the cost for these donated conservation easements that the landowner otherwise would have had to take on to make this donation. Mm -hmm. Um, Then we're able to work with the state to try and reimburse ourselves for those expenses through the Wyoming Wildlife and Natural Resource Trust. Um, So I've been really happy with it. Um, We're just starting to use it, but it's taking the burden off of these landowners who are making a very generous donation. Um, and making it a little bit more feasible for everyone to do it. Yeah, it's, the costs are pretty shocking. Well, and one of the things that comes to my mind when you talk about that is I see on Facebook all the, the memes and everything that says, you know, don't sell grandpa's farm. Well, sometimes you don't have an option. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. Just like you were talking about, now there's four siblings deciding and three one out and the one who wants to stay can't afford to buy the three out, you know, and, and unfortunately... Uh, that's so because then you sell it, right? Exactly. Then- oh, yeah, absolutely. Well, I mean, also, we had um, 1,200 acres, and due to, you know, inheritance tax, we lost a lot. My dad got sick. We had to sell off another 350 acres, you know. So 
my husband and I like to joke that we're still ranching, but we're not for profit ranching. Right. <laughs> um, it, it's it, we just yeah. enjoy it as a hobby now right. because we both have to have town jobs to cover that. But but unfortunately, it really has become that. But so let me ask: Is there a certain uh, is there a magical number of acreage that you donate to this, or does it have to be has to be a hundred acre parcel, or can it be a twenty acre? What is there a magic number? That's a big, it depends. Uh, okay, gotcha. <laughs> Generally speaking, um, for most places, we'd be looking at parcels that are at least 80 acres, right? Mm-hmm. That's the, um, when we look at zoning with the county, that's the minimum in a lot of these areas for parcel size. So when you mm-hmm. start looking at the value of mm-hmm. your donation or of this easement, if it's below 80 acres, it might not financially pencil out for you. Mm-hmm. Um, there are exceptions to that, but that's kind of the our starting point. Um, mm-hmm. So I have to ask, I see um, the information you sent me over here. One of the things you were talking about was this um, low-tech, high-reward stone structure that stops erosion. Tell me about this, because, <laughs> man, when it... Every spring, it erodes Big Goose Creek, so I am really interested in this. Yeah, absolutely. Um, So when I came on two years ago, we were trying to figure out what tools can we offer that aren't conservation easements to help more producers. Mm Because really, like we were just talking about, conservation easement might not be the right thing in every situation. Mm -hmm. Um, And one of the things we came across is the issue of water. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, we surveyed some of our producers and really the result of that survey was everyone said, yes, we need more water, please. You know, that's mm-hmm. how you can help with drought, make more mm-hmm. water. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Just pull it out of the sky. Working on my rain dance. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so that's what these structures, they, de- they don't make more water, mm-hmm. but they're going to help rebuild where you might have a head cut. Um, or where you have, right, you have that femoral stream and it just rushes through your land, mm-hmm. it's going to slow it down so it per, uh, penetrates into the soil and it's keeping it there longer. It's still going to move through, but it's mm-hmm. keeping it there longer so you do have that water and you can make it stretch a little bit farther. Mm-hmm. How we're doing that, um, these are, we've been working on them for about the past year. So this is still our beginning phases. Mm-hmm. But these structures that are referred to as Z-dikes, Um, They've gotten pretty popular in Colorado and also in some areas in Montana. Mm -hmm. And they're exactly what you're saying. It's pretty low tech Mm -hmm. where you're taking stones. And we're not talking an excavator. We're not talking any of the Tonka toys. Mm -hmm. We're talking going out and by hand um, or with shovels. You're putting these stones strategically to rebuild the head cuts um, and to stop that erosion that's happening. So when the water goes through, well, for one thing, it's also not washing all your soil away, mm-hmm. right? But it's going mm-hmm. to cause it to, re- uh, to slow down. And the sediment, all that soil is going to collect where it would have rushed otherwise. And it rebuilds your pasture, rebuilds your floodplain. Mm-hmm. That was just very, and I was like, hmm, I have to ask about this because... They're low tech. It's a pile yeah. of rocks. <laughs> Man, I was doing cool stuff as a kid exactly. before I yes, even knew yeah. it. <laughs> So, um, and I also see here you have a <clears throat> Sheridan County water supply report that looks like folks can sign up to and it's delivered to their inbox each month. Do they just go to your website and sign up for that or? 
Yeah, exactly. Okay. So that was another thing to come out of that survey was we need more water, but also that, you know, there's so many different places to check. If you're trying to get all of the information, it can be mm -hmm. hard to, to have enough information to make those informed decisions. So this water supply report, it's meant to do that. It just mm -hmm. takes everything and each month it puts it in one place for you. You can sign up for our newsletter. You put in your email address and then uh, in the first week of each month, it's going to get delivered right to your inbox. Or you can go onto our website, which is SheridanCLT.org slash water for this one. <laughs> and you can access it right there. Okay. So if people are looking for more information, I assume that going to your website is probably their first step and, and educating themselves on some of these different programs. And then coming and talking to you guys in person is probably that next step. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I can imagine. I mean, my, my dad was an old rancher and, um, you know, his, his phone when he passed away was still a flip phone. It was not a smartphone. So I can imagine some of these, these folks that were the older generation are probably not going to be looking on the computer. They're still yeah. going to want to come in and talk to you guys. And that's awesome. You know, we can talk through any of these projects and programs or, other ideas. So I assume just for, you know, there's so many scams that happen and stuff. I, you guys, are you out soliciting land or are you really wanting people to come to you? A little bit of both. Okay. Um, you know, we, uh, yeah, I guess a little bit of both. Yeah, I would say most of our projects, if not all, um, they are people coming to us in the door. Mm-hmm. Um, Especially with these Z dikes, mm -hmm. we had we've had a bunch of interns working with us over the summer. Oh, perfect! And one of them, she was awesome about outreach. Um, so she was calling people and she was mm -hmm. saying, "Hey, do you want to learn about this? Can I come tell you about it? Can I come survey your land and see if there's a place where these could benefit you?" Mm -hmm. And she was putting together um, project proposals for all these landowners who said yes. Oh wow! So good for her. Yeah, I know. <laughs> cool. Cold calls are not easy in the sales world or, or anything like that. So, I mean, good for her. Probably makes your job a little bit easier when you somebody's out there getting your information yeah. out. It's mm -hmm. instead of waiting for people to come in the door. Yep. Well, anything else you guys want to cover this morning while we're here? Oh, thank you so yeah, much. Oh, you bet. Well, thanks for coming on. And, um, you know, it's always interesting to hear about these, these different things that people probably don't think of, um, especially in our area. You don't maybe necessarily think about the cost that you were just talking about in this revolving fund you may want to do it but gosh how do i how do i do this so great well be sure and check out your guys's website give it to me again sheridan clt as in communitylandtrust.org all right so i want to thank everybody for joining us today talking about sheridan community land trust conservation easements and for more news podcasts and sports check out sheridanmedia.com